All right, so we're starting uh, today's Daf Daf Kofav at the uh, top of the page, on uh, about three lines down, at the words Bechol HaMekalkalin Piturin. All the Mekalkalin, all those that are destroying, doing a destructive act, are Potter. It's not really an obligatory type thing. On Shabbos, Shabbos by definition has to be um, constructive in order for it to be a transgression of Shabbos. Now, Tani Rabavo Kamed Rabbi Yochanan. So Rabavo learned in front of Rabbi Yochanan, Kal Mekalkalim Turin, and that is a general principle that all destructive acts are Potter. Chutz Mechovel Umavir. The only two exceptions that will be Chayev on Shabbos, even though they are destructive, is Chovel, which uh, basically where somebody destroys, uh, you know, gives a wound or something, causes a, uh, someone to bleed or even internal bleeding. Omavir, or somebody who d- puts out lights of fire. So, um, that is what Rabbi Avohu learned in front of Rabbi Yochanan. Omar Lehi told him, poke Tani Levra, outside the base medrash. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. That's not true. Chovel umavir in a Mishnah. The exceptions of Chovel umavir that you say that they are exceptions, and they're terchayev even though they are destructive uh, things. That's not a Mishnah. Mishnah. If it is, <laughs> so then Chovel b'tzarich lekalbo. There must be some sort of constructive quality to it. I'm causing a wound because I need blood to feed to my dog. Mavir, bitzarach lafro. There, there always must be some sort of positive, positivity involved in order for it to be chayv. So even by mavir, it's because I need ashes. So I'm burning something to produce because I need the ashes. Oh, so the Gemara says, The Mishnah says very straight that any destructive act is potter. It does not say chovlo mavir is an exception. So, what is the uh, story with that? The answer is, Masnisin Rebbe Huda, the Mishnah that says that Chovla Mavir is not, there's no exceptions, that's going like Rebbe Huda. Brisa Rebbe Shimon, and the Brisa is following the opinion of Rebbe Shimon. Okay, so, meaning, that's a, a question whether there is a, 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 a uh, is Chovel Mavir exceptions to the din of Mikalkalim being Potter? According to Reb Shimon, yes, and that's why we have to single out Chovel Mavir. And according to Rabbi Yehuda, that, that also needs to be pr- productive, and there is no exceptions. Now, the basis for the, for the Machlokas we'll get to right now. My time with Rabbi Shimon, what's the reason? The reason is this Mid Yitzrichra. I mean, really the question is, uh, where, uh, let me just explain, uh, Rashi explains the logic over here, why it works this way, Rabbi Yudha and Rabbi Shimon. As we know, there's machlokas between Rabbi Yudha and Rabbi Shimon, but what, what is um, the halacha for malacha she'en tzrichel gufa? When you have, when somebody does malacha, and it's not necessary, okay, it's, uh, it's not for its sake, that's a question whether that's chayv or potter. Okay? According to Rabbi Yudha, that's still a chiv. Even though I didn't do it for its sake. I did it for some ulterior reason. It doesn't matter what you did it for. According to Rabbi Shimon, in order to be chayv of you have to have done the melacha for its sake. 
Therefore, according to Rabbi Yehudu, who says that Melachos doesn't matter who's sick it's for, so then the act of Chovel and Mavir can maybe be destructive in its own right, but there still could fit to the general principle because it could be constructed in some outside area. So that would be that, that even them, their Mekalkalin are not potter. And Reb Shimon is, Reb Shimon holds potter, the only time you're chayvah melacha is when you did the melacha for the melacha's sake. So I have to do a chovel for chovel's sake, not because I need the blood, not for any ulterior motive. And therefore, the only way it makes sense that chovel and mavir are actually listed in the third nine melachos is if they're exceptions, because they, by definition, are destructive acts. And if you do have to do it for its sake in order to be chayev, then you must be chayev for even destructive acts. Now, that brings us to the core question what the Gemara asks. My time at Reb Shemin, where did Reb Shemin get the idea that these belong in the 39 melachos at all? I mean, how do you know? Because they are destructive acts and everything else needs to be constructive. Maybe it shouldn't be a melacha altogether. The answer is, each of these have a, a specific inference from the Torah that it is that way. The fact that the Torah required to permit milah, why would the Torah have to tell you that a milah on Shabbos is permissible or required? How do, why would you need a Torah to tell me that? What did you do when you do a milah? You did a chavala. You caused a wound. A wound is destructive. Why should I be chayv at all? So that proves that without the mitzvah milah, I can't do a chovel. Means that the destructive act of chavala, even though it's destructive, it's still prohibited. Right? That's the raya. The fact that the Torah had to especially tell us that milah overrides Shabbos implies that the act without being a mila is chov ba'alma is going to be chayv. What about havara? Umida We know that there's a mitzvah of chiyuv sreifa to burn uh, the daughter of Baskoin when she transgresses certain averos. So there's a death penalty for her she, uh, um, of, uh, if she's mizan, if she um, uh, has relations outside of her marriage. Anyway, so her death penalty is different because she's a Baskoin, that she gets sreifa. Now, why did the Torah have to tell me that, um, that, that Shabbos doesn't override that? What do you mean? It, since when did Shabbos override it? It's anyway something that's not allowed... Um, it's a, it'd be allowed to do on Shabbos. You're not doing anything wrong because you're doing Avara, and Avara is a destructive act. Must be, that in general, Mavir is a Chiyuv. Otherwise, why would you have to... Oh, oh, that's why I had to say that it's not allowed. Why is it not allowed? Because of Shabbos. What are you doing? You're not even transgressing Shabbos. Must be that it is a, a, a transgression of Shabbos. That's how Reb Shimon explains both of these things, that they're, that they're exceptions to the rule. Reb Yehuda... Rabbi Yehuda, again, Lishitaso, Hasam Isakinu. The Mila is not a, a, a destructive act of, of distru- causing a wound. It's a Tikkun, it's fixing up. Because Ravashi, like Ravashi says, Dom Ravashi, Mali Lisakin Mila, Mali Lisakin Kli. It's like anything that I'm fixing. I have a, a broken vessel, I fix the vessel, that's a Tikkun. The same thing when, I'm, when the person is. 
um, is not so uncircumcised. There's something wrong with him. It's not fixed up. And then when you do the meal, he's fixed up. So, what's the difference whether I cook uh, lead to, to put the, the basco into death, or if I cook the dyes that were used in the, in the building of the Mishkan. It's the same thing. It's not a destructive act. It's something constructive because it's helping me do my thing. Anyway, the bottom line is, according to Rebuda, these are non-destructive things. They are constructive, and therefore there's no basis for an exception to the rule according to Rebuda. Okay, that's the story. Now, Shir Malabin. Moving on to the next part of the Mishnah, we talked about various um, uh, processes that were done to the, to, uh, to, to the weaving, to the threads. So what is the Shir? So Rav Yosef Machri Kafel. Rav Yosef showed a double of the Malay Sit Kafel. He did this times two. He says this, and then again this. That's the measure. Okay? Rav Chia Barami Machri Pashat. He actually showed not the distance between his pointer and middle finger twice like this, but instead he did um, the difference between the thumb and the pointer, which is basically identical, if you actually look, it's basically identical to um, the, the one, the thumb and the pointer. It's the same as the two, the distance between the pointer and the middle finger. So that's how Rebchia showed Sit Kafel. But anyway, that's the shear. Brings us to the next Mishnah. Rabbi Yudha Omer We're moving on to the next Malacha, the Malacha of Tzad. Tzad means to trap. So somebody who traps a bird, Lamigdal, into a narrow tower, basically it's a very narrow area that he can't get out of. Ve'etz and somebody who traps a deer into a house, Chayev, that will be Chayev. Chamomrim, Chamsay, no, Tzipor Lamigdal. When it comes to the tzipor, you you know, trapping him to the tower, you would be right. That only then only then it will be considered trapping the, the bird. But utzvi legina lechatzer lebibrin, any enclosure like a garden, a courtyard, or a bibar, which was also like a type of pond, you know, or but whatever. It's also an enclosed area. All of those would also qualify as chayv because. That's still called trapped. And that's what we're seeing here is a machlokas between the Tanakama and between Rabbi Huda, who is the first shita that says that it only considered trapping a deer when it's to a house. And the Chacham disagree and say, no, even to these areas, any enclosure it will work as well. We'll see how big of an enclosure qualifies. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel Omer, locally Bibarin Shavin. Not all Bibarin are the same. Is that klal? In other words, obviously, it makes a difference how big it is. So that cloud here is the rule if you want to understand. If you still need to do a trapping to catch it, Potter, then you basically didn't trap it by getting in. If you have like a 40-acre ranch and your deer can't get out of the 40-acre ranch, that's very fine and dandy, but to catch the deer is still going to be a hassle and a half. It's somewhere in the 40 acres. But if it's, you know, uh, I don't know, depending on what it is, but if it's a pretty small enclosure then the deer is as good as caught. So if you still have to do a trapping, then you didn't do trapping. If if you don't have to trap anymore, all you have to do is just go get it, then Chayev, then the first act was indeed trapping. That's Rabbi Shimon Gamliel's explanation. So Tanan Asam, we learned in the Mishnah elsewhere, You're not allowed to catch the fish from the ponds, 
and um, from a pond on Yom Tov, and you're also not allowed to feed those fish um, that are in the pond on Yom Tov. Which, by the way, in case you're wondering, this uh, raises a big issue that people talk about on uh, doing Tashlech on Rosh Hashanah and throwing the uh, bread to the, to the fish or whatever it is. It, you know, that's a, many people do that. It actually might be halachically problematic based on this Mishnah. You're not allowed to feed them. Or you're allowed to do it. The chaya, the, uh, the oaf that are in the bibar, that's fine. And you're allowed to feed them. The idea being is that whatever is considered yours, that's what you're allowed to feed. Whatever is considered, you know, still needing some trapping or catching, then that is, then you wouldn't be allowed to feed it. So since catching the fish is not so easy, even if it's in a pond, it doesn't make it easy to catch. Um, so therefore it's a problem. But if it's a, an enclosure that you easily couldn't catch, so then, like, but for the for the bird and for the for the non-domestic animal, so then um, you're allowed to feed them because they're already caught and they're the food is on you. Now, for a minute, we have a contradiction on this. Bieber and shalchayos. If you have a bieber an enclosure of of non-domestic animals for lovers or birds, shaldagim or fish, ain't tzadamihem biyamtiv. You're not allowed to catch them on yamtiv. Fein osilufnim is another thing. You're also not allowed to feed them. So we just contradicted ourselves. Kasha chaya chaya, kasha ofos ofos. Contradicted ourselves regarding the other two, but regarding the non-domesticated animals and regarding the birds. Now, bish lama chaya chaya, I understand when it comes to the non-domesticated animals, lakasha, ha rebiudar abana. Could be the difference is rebiudar abana. Remember, rebiudar said that it's only trapped if they're in a house. So therefore, if they're in the bibar, that doesn't count. And that could be uh, why they're, the opinion that says that catching, that uh, trapping a chaya from the bibar is not going to be chaya for it because that's rebuda. According to Rabbanan, the, when it's in the bibar, it's already caught, so therefore you say that they're going potter. What's the contradiction in the birds? We don't have an answer. Is it a roofed-in area? Is it an aviary? Or is it a uh, open uh, uh, courtyard? Um, you know, or con- enclosure. Well, the birds can easily fly away. Obviously, it'll be a trap to catch the birds, I mean, to trap the birds. So, the question is, that's simply not enough. Because, everyone agrees that, a, I mean, a house is clearly a full enclosure. And yet, both the Rebuta and the Rabbanan agree, the only time a bird is considered trapped is when the bird is actually stuck in the tower. Um, you know, the bats in the belfry. I'm kidding. That's just a different thing, but whatever. A very narrow area where the birds really have no place to fly away. But in a house where there's, you know, where they can fly from side to side, it's still pretty open, they're not considered um, trapped yet. Right? We're talking about a specific type of bird. The bird that is a tzipor dror, which is um, the Mishnah that says that a bird in a house is not considered a trap, is a bird that is comfortable in houses. So a bird that is not used to being in a house, they'll freak out in a house and they're, and they're as good as caught because they're not comfortable flying around and being 
you know, um, and being, uh, you know, avoiding the catch. Um, they're just all weirded out, and therefore you could just easily catch them, as opposed to a, a Tzipor Tuar, which is at home in the house as much as he is outside. So they're, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll escape you inside as easily as they will outside. And therefore, they're only going to be caught if they're in a Migdal. And that's basically the idea. Uh, if they don't really feel the pressure of being in the house, as, and therefore, they're still going to make it difficult to catch. The ton very small. The school very small learns. Why do they call that? They live in the house as they live in the fields. Certain birds, they're I don't know, like uh, they're chutzpah type of birds. Anyway, they're very uh, very comfortable in enclosed areas also, and they don't feel the pressure of having been captured. Okay, now Once we came to the differences within birds. So you don't even need to you don't even need to say that the two cases are talking in different opinions of Rabbi Yudah and the Chachamim. You could say there's that's not a contradiction either. We could talk about large enclosures or smaller enclosures. Now, what's considered large? What's considered small? So If you chase the animal. And with one swoop, you'll be able to catch it in one try. In other words, if you follow, chase it enough, there's not, you have enough room to escape, and you'll catch it in one, with one try, that's called, that's called small enclosure. Anything where you need more than one try to catch it, that's a biber Inami, or another explanation, dadi. Which is basically saying there's corners that make it easily trapped. The shadows of the walls um, fall on each other, so that's pretty small enclosure. Meaning, when the sun goes down, the shadow of wall A will end on wall B. That means that you know they're pretty like pretty narrow enclosures. So bibergadol that's called a small enclosure. Yidach bibergadol the rest is considered bibergadol. Alternatively, if there's no um, escape routes, so that's If it has like, you know, it's easily, you know, like if you come around this way, then it can re- run out the other direction, then it's complicated to catch it. And then it's not, it's called, it's called, um, so, so if it doesn't have those escape routes, so then it's a beaver cotton. If they do, then it's a beaver cotton. Okay. Next, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel Omer, so Amr of Yosef, Amr of Yudah, Rabbi Yosef, the name of Yudah, Amr Shmuel, the name of Shmuel, Allah, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, the Allah of Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, that you, not all enclosures are the same. So Amr Abaye, so Abaye said to him, Allah, do you mean to say that somebody argues on Rabbi Shimon Gamliel? Who says there's even any dispute on this? So the answer is, Amr Abaye, what do you care? It's the same difference. The bottom line is that's the law. The answer is, Amalei, so Amalei said back to him, Gemara, Gemara is more today? Just because we have a Gemara doesn't mean you make it into a song. The point being is, is that why should we say superfluous statements if the fact of the matter is it's, it's, it, it, there is, it's an undisputed position, so there's nothing to talk about. So it shouldn't be said just to say it. Brings us to the next thing. Somebody who traps a deer that's blind, or a sleeping, beer, a sleeping deer, Chayv, that's chayv. Chiger, if it's a lame deer, 
or an elderly deer, v'cholo, or an ill deer that's sick, potter the be potter. So what's the difference? Why is the blind deer different than the sleeping deer? I mean, no, the blind and sleeping deer are different than the lame and old deer. The answer is, there's still even a blind deer, it doesn't know where it's running, but it's still not that easily caught. And the same for a sleeping deer can wake up and escape. You never know. So it's not considered already trapped, as opposed to an elderly one or a sick one, a lame one, they're caught, they're already caught already. Okay, next. But Tanya, didn't we learn in the Brisa, that you're chayef for trapping a sick deer? The answer is, There's two kinds of illness. There's an illness that has like a fever, even with a fever, it can, it's going to know to escape and it's going to run away, and therefore it's not considered trapped. And the other one, it's ill from exhaustion, so then it's not running anywhere. These are all various insects, bugs. So, only those animals that are typically trapped. That you'll be high for because you need to potter. If it's not typically trapped, then you're potter, and it's not dil raisa. Tan yidduch the rabbi says hatzad chagavim b'shas hatal. If you catch chagavim while the dew is out, which blinds the the grasshoppers, they're easily caught. They get like they're not able to, whatever. It messes up their senses. Um, so potter, you're potter because they're already trapped. When it's in the sunny time, when they're eat, they they're on the are on alert and they can get away, then you're chayv for capturing them. If there's hordes of them, like a locust horde, so then potter your potter. Why? Because they're like so many of them that they're already as if they're caught. Is he going on the ratio or on the sefa? Is he talking only on the do and he's making a, a, a limitation on the do case, or is it the other way around? He's going on the case of the regular daytime. So Tashma coming here proof. When it's the sunny time, so then Chayev. Even if it's the, the time when they're on alert, if there are hordes of them, then Potter, because they're as good as caught as well. Okay. Next thing, um, Mishnah. Tzvisha nichnas the bias. The deer walks into a house. Vinal echad befanav. One guy closed the door on the deer. Okay. Um, uh, so chayiv is chayiv. Nalosh naim. If two people close the door, p'turin because it was two people who did the act. Lo yochal echad lino vinalosh naim. What if it needed all both of them to do it? So then, Chayav, and then there'll be Chayav, because it's two people who did it where they needed two people. Verb Shem Potter, Shem says, Shem Sarasu are always Potter. This, by the way, is a familiar Machlokas. We talked about, is the Ptor of two people doing something a universal Ptor, no matter what? Or is it only Potter when it was something that couldn't have been done by, uh, could have been done by one and it's done by two, but if we needed two people, then it's considered Basically, it's just because it's an abnormal thing, or and that's what. And then you'll be chayev if it 
normally takes two people, and you did it with two people. But according to Rabbi Shimon, there's nothing to do. Anytime it's two, you're potter. Now, I'm Rabbi Yirmei Barabba, Mershmuel HaTzad Ari B'Shabbos. If you trap the lion on Shabbos, you're not And the reason why is because when you and the lion are in the same enclosure, the question is, who's the one that's trapped? Okay. So, unless it's in, the, unless it's in its cage, it, you can't really consider the lion trapped, per se. Even though he, after he eats you, who says he's going to escape? That's not the same. It's not considered trapped. Okay. Next Mishnah, Yashav Ha'achor Al Pesach, somebody's sitting on the door. But he didn't hold the, it was, he didn't fill the entire doorway, so the animal could easily get out. Then Yashav Ha'shenio Milu, and then the next guy sits down and fills the doorway. because who's the one who actually trapped the deer? The second one trapped the deer. Yashav Ha'shenio Al Pesach Milu, one person sits on the doorway and filled it up, and now nobody can, the deer can get out. And the second guy sits next to him, and it still couldn't get out. But even if the first guy got up then and walked off, it doesn't change anything. The Rishon still chayv, and the Shani is still potter. Even though the deer remains trapped because of the second guy, and still not able to escape, it has nothing to do because when the first guy left, and when the first guy, I mean, because the Muslim Domi, you wonder what this is like, Lenol is based, so somebody locked his door, the Shomer to guard it, Vinim Tzvi Shomer Besocho. I didn't lock the, the deer in, the deer was already trapped in by the first guy. So my maintaining the lock doesn't, uh, doesn't, is not considered trapping. Trapping is taking from untrapped to trapped. If I'm just continuing an existing trap, which is the case where after the first guy sat down, the deer was already trapped. And me staying here, even after that guy left, but I, when I came down to sit down, there was no, there, it, anyway, the deer was not able to escape. And it's still not able to escape with me there. I'm not Chayef. And that's the logic. And we'll stop with this, continue with the Gemara tomorrow, Mir Hashem. And a pleasure learning with you all, and a good vach, a tov, and a pleasure.